Welcome to the Pentecost Podcast. I am your host, Ewan Epsworth. The Pentecost Podcast is a podcast dedicated to exploring Pentecostal theology and history. If you're a Pentecostal who is passionate about theology, or someone discovering Pentecostalism for the first time, then join me in exploring Pentecostal theology and history through this podcast. This episode is part two in our The Church and the Full Gospel series, based on the book Toward a Pentecostal Ecclesiology, The Church and the Fivefold Gospel. If you've not yet listened to part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it to give you the big overview of the book and the series. In this episode, we're going to consider the church as a redeemed, unredeemed, and redeeming community. The church as a redeemed community comes to share in a similar kind of mutual reciprocity of love as the Godhead itself in the eternal coexistence and community of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A mutual reciprocity of love both with our triune God and also in community with one another as the church. Quote, God is therefore a being who shares life, who is in his very essence a community, a God who creates out of the overflow of his being and who calls his creation to participate in this shared life. End quote. This is why baptism is the sacrament associated with Jesus as justifier and redeemer. As the chapter goes on to state, baptism is, quote, closely connected to the forgiveness of sins and the reception of the Spirit, union with Christ in his death and resurrection, incorporation into the body of Christ, the church, and regeneration, end quote. Baptism is the sign of our union with Christ and membership of the church as a redeemed community. The church as an unredeemed community refers to the ongoing and often insidious effects of the curse in the life of the church as a consequence of our sinful human nature. The curse was the consequence of original sin and its effects still linger even in the church. The chapter identifies two broad areas of unredeemed human nature that still hold sway in the church, which are not unique to Pentecostal churches, although sadly are in some degree even more egregious given Pentecostalism's emphasis on spirit baptism. These areas of unredeemed or fallen ways are 1. Lack of grace and place of disagreement and 2. Power over others. Regarding our lack of grace towards one another within the body of Christ, the chapter remarks on the carnality of our unredeemed humanity in the way in which Christians attack other Christians, often through print and digital media, over their intolerance of disagreement, whether that be one's theology of the rapture, or the gifts of the spirit, or whether someone is deemed too Catholic, or too charismatic, or too fundamentalist. And in relation to our desire to hold power over others, the chapter observes how churches often become very hierarchical with a centralized and most often male leader. Despite Jesus' exhortation not to lord our authority over one another like the Gentile rulers of his day, the church historically has developed 
a hierarchical institution of popes and bishops or senior pastors that seek to exercise power and authority over the church. Just like Israel, who petitioned Samuel to give them a king that they may be like the other nations, in the language of the chapter, monarchy is still alive in the church today. It is the church as a redeeming community where I'd like to spend the bulk of this summary. In fact, it is this area that takes up its own chapter in section 2 of the book, which I'll draw from for the rest of this summary. Quote, Precisely to confess that Jesus saves, as Pentecostals have insisted, and continue to insist in light of the fivefold gospel which they proclaim, more than affirming that the salvation which Christ offers to all people is a salvation of disembodied souls, is the affirmation that Jesus saves the whole human being within the historical reality in which they are found. End quote. A key text that shapes the church's missional identity as a redeeming community is Jesus' own messianic declaration from the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue in Nazareth. Luke chapter 4 verses 16 to 21 says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus' identification with the Messianic text of Isaiah and his mission to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor gives the church its holistic mission of redemption and liberation. The church should be concerned with not only the salvation of sinners, but the reversal of the effects of the curse upon God's image bearers. In light of the church's mission, the chapter delineates five implications for the nature of the church. These are, number one, the church's charismatic nature. Charisma relates to the preaching and proclamation of the gospel. The church has the truth of God's messianic kingdom to proclaim. Two, the church's inclusive nature. The church is diverse in her social composition. Jesus is redeeming people from all points along the social, economic and political spectrum, as evidenced in his inclusion of the poor, orphaned, sinners and tax collectors, as well as his choice of the twelve disciples in his earthly ministry. 3. The church's levelling nature. In Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. 4. The church's destabilising nature. The very existence of the church constitutes a political critique of the kingdoms of this world. And five, the church's prophetic nature. The church, by her countercultural character, speaks prophetically into the world's systems as an alternative reality and calls people to join the redeemed community under God's reign and kingdom. Well, again, what difference does all of this make? 
Well, this section contains some pretty heady stuff, speaking of the analogy between the Church as a redeemed community and the Trinity. But while these reflections inspire deeper consideration of the nature of the Church, I found this section to also be very honest about where the Church falls short of actualizing this reality. The chapters, particularly the first chapter, deal honestly yet hopefully about the Church's as yet unredeemed nature. Author uh, Wynand J. D. Cock recounts how his own upbringing in South Africa had blinded him to the systematic racism of his society, who despite being raised Pentecostal was not able to follow his own theology to its logical conclusion regarding the equality of all human beings. I'll not try to retell his testimony here, as I don't feel I am confident to be able to do it justice. I recommend purchasing a copy of the book for yourself to read the harrowing account of how badly racism had infected the church in South Africa and his own life individually by his own admission. Nevertheless, he ends his story with the hope that just as he was redeemed from his own racism, so too the church can be redeemed from her besetting sins. That is the power of the gospel and Jesus as justifier that de Kock was not left in the shame and condemnation of his racism, but was forgiven, healed, and restored. The distinction between the church as redeemed, unredeemed, and redeeming community deeply resonated with me. I too am still a work in progress, as all Christians are. And I too have experienced some of the effects of the curse within the church, which I'll not go into here. Suffice to say, that I know from first-hand experience, as well as reading many testimonies and seeing many public scandals in the media, that the church is still, in large measure, paradoxically unredeemed. Despite the church's moral failings, which can seem legion, I also firmly believe in the truth of our redemption in Christ and the power of Christ's redemption to bring to completion and perfection his church in the fullness of time. I also wholeheartedly believe in the redeeming power of the church in the world and our mission to proclaim the gospel and make disciples of all the nations. We do have a leveling, destabilizing and prophetic nature that should be countercultural to the power systems and hierarchies of the world. The church should be a place where the kingdom of God is present and manifested and the eschatological reality of the new creation is brought into this present world. The very nature and tension of the church as a redeemed, unredeemed and redeeming community would explain why so many Christians are deconstructing and even losing their faith. Yet, the relationship between the church and the full gospel and the connection between Jesus as our saviour and the sacrament of baptism as the means of grace by which we participate in union with Christ in the way of salvation gives me hope in the church. We are called to be in community with God and with one another as the Church of Christ. The section spoke of the perichoresis of the Trinity, an Eastern Orthodox term referring to the intra-relationship and co-activity of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The greater our own perichoresis in communion with our triune God and in communion with one another, expressed through our interdependence and love for each other as the Church the more the church and we as individual Christians will be redeemed by the power of Christ. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes wherever you listen to your podcast and help by sharing this podcast with your church, family, and friends. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I'll catch you in the next one.